Happy Monday morning, Penguins fans. They get the win on Friday against the Ottawa Senators. They split the home and home, but they're not able to get the result that they badly deserved, I would say, on Sunday, a 2-1 loss to the New Jersey Devils. For today's episode, we're going to go over a bit of both games. Mostly it'll be the New Jersey one, but we'll also go over what they did right with the Senators one. All that plus so much more. Also a small preview for the game on Tuesday, which I will be at. I have the tickets for that one um, coming up on this edition of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You want to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. All the shows, Twitter at LO, underscore Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Um, today's episode is brought to you by a new sponsor for our network, FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So a little bit of news for that. but. Let's just get jump right into it. So a two to one loss for the Penguins on Sunday afternoon in a matinee game against the New Jersey Devils. And honestly, they played well enough to win. Um, you know, I, I saw some people saying that, you know, they got the result they deserved yesterday. 100% disagree with that take. Um, sure, they've had struggles in overtime. And we're, I'm going to get to that in just a second. That's going to lead off this, this segment here. But this team played very, very well. That was probably the most consistent 60-minute effort that I have seen this team play since that game against the Dallas Stars in December. There was that 2-1 to one win with when Kenny Malkin scored in the final minute of regulation. That is how good the Penguins played tonight. It's just they couldn't buy a goal. It was a pure puck luck loss. Sure, Vitek Vanacek did play well, but you know, in the second period, Ryan Hilling has a wide-open net, somehow hits the crossbar. That, that's the way it's going right now for the Penguins' bottom six. There were plenty of other very strong scoring chances for so many other players on this team. Crosby had a couple, Gensel, Rust, Raquel, Malkin, even other players in the bottom six. The puck was just not going into the net. Sometimes that happens. And then, yeah, something stupid happens in overtime. They lose. They don't get the result they wanted. But, you know, natural stat trick here at five on five. The Penguins had 53% of the shot attempts. They had 61% of the scoring chances, 16 to 6 edge and high danger chances. And they also had 58% of the expected goals. This team generated three expected goals yesterday. In turn for the Devils, they generated two expected goals. Uh, and the Penguins lost two to one. So that just goes to show <coughs> excuse me, that this was, again, a pure puck luck loss. I thought the Penguins played very well in this game. If they do this in most of the remaining games, they're going to win a lot of those games down the stretch here. Um, but let's go into the elephant in the room. I'm sure you all are wondering, Hunter, what's going on in overtime? But why are they so bad? I'll try my best to explain that. I honestly do think it is twofold. I think the Penguins, they try to do just too much and they don't try to simplify things. I thought Jason of Penguins Twitter said it best where it's kind of like the power play where, you know, at times their three-on-three overtime looks pretty decent like it did against the Ducks, even though they honestly probably could have lost that game because Trevor Zegers was a fool. But you go back away on the other way on that two-on-one, they kept it simple. That passed again, so he finishes it. But in this one, you know, they're trying to do too much. They also just do not have the puck a lot, which is a very big problem. 
face-offs. I'll get to that in just a second. But I really do think the main thing is this team tries to do too much and they go zero to 100 so quick because they think the time is like going to expire. But when you have five full minutes to win the game, slow it down. You know, remember when Phil Kessel was on this team, he basically almost invented, you know, just going in the offensive zone, not liking what he's seeing, pulling back, backing up a little bit, you know, just surveying the situation. And then once he sees something that he liked, he went in and Penguins were able to win games that way. Right now, they are not doing that. They're just going zero to 100 so freaking quick because they feel like they have to score right away when no, you have five full minutes. Just take a chill pill. Everything is okay. You know, just with with the game, you don't have to, (coughs) you don't have to just go so fast in those situations. That is one part of their overtime struggles. A second part, um, the deployment, I think. Mike Sullivan at times has not been the best at his deployment in overtime. Some people are mad that he started Sidney Crosby in overtime yesterday. You can miss me with that. I understand that he missed a face-off with Michael McLeod, but, you know, that happens sometimes, people. Like, who do you else do? I mean, you can maybe want to get him Malkin out there, but we also saw what happened the last time Gino started in overtime, and the Penguins gave up a goal in 40 seconds because Malkin chased Jacob Slavin behind the net. Very foolish play. So, you know, I just really don't want to hear, you know, that kind of talk either. But with deployment, you know, where is Ricard Raquel in these overtime sessions? He's one of their best players in overtime usually, especially last year. It's it's not that this year. Um, he puts Jeff Carter out there in useless situations. I don't know why. He puts Brian Dumoulin out there. I don't know why. Um, so I think those are two of the main factors for why this team has stunk in overtime. And I also just think their brains just totally turn off. You know, yesterday, people were saying, oh, why'd they call that penalty and all that? People, go back and watch the replay. Seriously. That was the most textbook too many men, Paul, that you could obviously see. Imagine that when, imagine they didn't call that and the Penguins won that game. Imagine the outcry that would be happening. Oh, the Penguins get all the calls, blah, 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 blah. I mean, imagine if that, if that happened with the Devils and they scored on that and they, they, they didn't call a penalty. Imagine how the outcry would be for that. I know some people were upset. How, how upset would you be if that happened there? You know, it was just a very brain-dead play by a Marcus Pedersen. Jeff Petrie was not even close to the red line, let alone getting back to the bench. He just jumped on too early. He decided to cheat. He thought it would work out. They, they scored. It got washed out right away. You know, sometimes officials miss that, but... Most of the times, I would say maybe 80% of the time, they're not going to miss a call that is easy as that one. Right, Paul? Penguins, they, they played with fire. They, they they screwed up, you know, they and then they lost. But again, that's just another play where this team is just so clueless in overtime. And it's really weird to see them struggle like this in the extra sessions. Two and eight in overtime this year. I'm sorry. I don't care who is out of your lineup versus who is in your lineup. That is unacceptable. You have had Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin healthy for basically this entire season. Ricard Raquel has been out there. Jake Gensel, Brian Rust. I know Latang has been out for the last few weeks, but even before that, they were still struggling really badly in overtime. And I know Jeff Petrie has also been out for a little bit <coughs> as well. But again, that said, there's just there are no excuses to be 2-8 when you have all that talent at your disposal in 
overtime. Right now, standings-wise, they are three points behind the Rangers, right? If the Penguins were 5-5 five and five in overtime this season, they would be tied for third place in the Metropolitan Division. They would have the tiebreaker over the Rangers. If they would be six, if they were six and four, they would be all alone in third place. How would you all feel if the team was 26 and 15 and five right now compared to what? 20, 23, 15 and eight, something like that. How, how, how would you all feel? Well, probably a lot better than how you're feeling right now. I'll say that. So, you know, I understand that three on three goes away once the playoffs start, but you still have to win those games. And I get a lot of them are 50-50s, but some semblance of structure is needed in these extra sessions. Mike Sullivan has said before that they want to stop maybe trying to overcoach them in three-on-three or maybe the power play, but maybe you do need to coach them a bit more because what you're doing lately is not working and has not worked for the entire up to, the entirety excuse me of the season. It is not good enough. You pissed away another extra point yesterday where you should have had it. Just... You know, that's killing them in the standings right now. If Circle all those overtime losses if they end up playing the freaking Boston Bruins in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Or if they somehow, or I should say, if they don't even make the playoffs. Just, just saying, Yins. Just, just saying. So, um, that, that, that's what I'm seeing in terms of overtime struggles. And, you know, that's, I really wanted to kick off the show um, with that. Coming up in the second segment, we're going to get into um, some other, um, Good things that I have noticed over the last couple of days. But before I get to that, especially with Jeff Petrie and Tristan Jari, but before I get to that, our next product has a pro- has our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking athletic beans because you know sometimes didn't have time in the morning to fully work out. I wanted more energy when I'd be waking up, wanted something that actually tastes great. So you're probably wondering what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of athletic beans, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, and probiotics to help you start your day right. The special event ingredients support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging. All of those things. It's also lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It also supports better sleep quality and recovery, supports the mental clarity and alertness. It's the one thing with the best things that they use the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant procurations and third-party testing. They also have over 7,000 five-star reviews and it's recommended by numerous professional athletes. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and take your take. Arm your immune system, excuse me, with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. And that's it. There's no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, I'm back on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, at Hunter Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So let's jump into some things that I've really liked. Honestly, you know, going back over the last week. So Penguins, you know, over the last eight games, they've gotten 10 out of a possible 16 points. And it's no coincidence that some players have started to come back. Jeff Petrie came back on Friday made a big difference right away. You could really see he is better on the power play than Ty Smith. Tristan Jari, you know, he's been fantastic. His last three starts only given up two goals, making all the saves you would want him to make as your number one goaltender. He has been awesome for this team. It's, it's actually a crime that they haven't won these last two games because he's only given up two goals in over 120 minutes of action. That 
That is how good Tristan has been. And if he keeps that up, I think this team's going to win a lot of games down the stretch. But again, it's really no coincidence that a lot of the injured guys coming back makes a difference. Ryan Paling, even on Sunday. And I'm not the biggest Ryan Paling fan. Um, I will say that. But, you know, when he was on the fourth line yesterday, that, that line actually was pr- pretty dang good. Um, you know, they had, I believe it was, I'm looking at, they, um, just making sure what I have here. Um, I think, I think in almost all situations, over 50% expected goals, scoring chances, same thing. Um, so, you know, he, he was playing pretty decent, you know, what, what Paling, I mean, I actually will say when Paling was on the ice yesterday, I think he had a 95% expected goals rate. So he was making a difference. It's just, he couldn't put the puck in the back of the net. And this team is very close to getting Chris Letang back. Josh Archibald, he's probably going to come back. And, you know, again, I wasn't the biggest fan of the Archibald signing, but I will gladly eat crow on it because he's been pretty good when he's been healthy this season. He scored four goals. I have no problem admitting when I was wrong about something, as you all know. Um, and I think that that um, addition to the fourth line with Paling and Bluger could pay dividends because the fourth line has been decent when it's been healthy this season. We all know that it's been the third line that's been the main culprit, but you know, the bottom, the, the bottom six overall, you know, still needs some work. But, you know, the Penguins have been doing a lot of things right two games. You know, that, that showed on um Friday against the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, do they have a little bit of a time in the third period where they gave up a little too many shots and swing chances? Sure. But I thought for the first 40 minutes, and then after that time in the third period, they really shut down the Senators and they didn't really give them much. Tristan Jari was also and freaking fantastic that continued over into the game on Sunday against the Devils where they, they held New Jersey to not even 25 shots outside of that Jack Hughes goal can you can you all even think of a good scoring chance that the Devils had for the rest of that game no and you know the Penguins when when they are healthy they can beat you with strong defensive games they can play you you know a la like the New York Islanders or something like that when Barry Trotz was at least the coach so you know that's always been, you know, on, on their resume. It's just when they have had guys out, you know, that's where they're giving up a lot more goals against and scoring chances against and all that other stuff. But you saw yesterday the blueprint for them winning that kind of game. It's just, again, that's the kind of game where if you can, if you just had any ounce of a true bottom six, they walk away with that win. Last seven games. Bottom six has scored one or two goals. It's not good enough. Over the last eight games, only only Jeff Carter, funny enough, Jeff Carter has the most goals from the bottom six in the last eight games with three. One of those is an empty netter. So you take that away. In the last eight games, the Penguins, the, the, the most player, excuse me, the player with the most goals in the bottom six is Jeff Carter with two. Everyone else has one or zilch. It's not good enough. And I understand that Ron Hextall has probably constructed this team to where, you know, he wants the top two lines to give you all the offense and he wants low event hockey for the bottom two lines. But I'm sorry, that's not a a true recipe for success at the NHL level. It's just not good enough. And you saw that in the game against New Jersey. Yes, they had all that zone time. Yes, they had all those chances. But who is going to finish those chances in that bottom six? Kasperi Kapanen, you know, he's flawed. He's had kind of a bad season. But, you know, he's probably also your best player in the bottom six right now. That, that's how dire things are. Brock McGinn, his scoring has dried up, as I thought it would. Danton Heinen hasn't done anything since October when he scored against the Columbus Blue Jackets. I know Ryan Paling just came back, but even before he got hurt, he also wasn't scoring either. Maybe Josh Archibald will be the big fix because he had four goals prior to getting hurt. But, 
still, you know, you need a bottom six if you want to go anywhere. And in that game against New Jersey, you really saw where that hurt the Penguins. And honestly, even that game against the Ottawa Senators as well, they only won that game because the top six produced. Jason Zucker scored on one. Jake Ensel had a couple, you know, Brian Russ played very well, Sidney Crosby and Kenny Malkin. So, <clears throat> you know, it's it's when when their top six is playing well, they are carrying them to victories. I'll, I'll keep saying it. So, um, but a, again, you know, that's just that's just how the team is constructed. Overall, again, I really like the way they've been playing the last couple of, um, of games. Even honestly, the last week, ten out of a possible sixteen points in the last eight games. This past week, when they really needed points, six out of eight, they probably should have had seven out of eight. They could have had eight, all eight if they knew how to play in overtime, but. You know, that's 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 the way this go sometimes. And hopefully you all cannot hear that downstairs. Uh, Thrawn and Teddy are having the time of their lives just playing. Yeah, he, I don't know what's going on down there. But anyways, um, that wraps up this segment. Uh, I will say this just to finish up, though. Penguins keep playing the way they did against New Jersey, a result that they deserved. They are going to win a lot of games. And they're also going to get some more guys back. That's only going to help them as they get – um, you know, towards the, really the home stretch of the season here. Big week coming up first against the Ford Panthers. I'm going to preview that game coming up in this final segment. But, but before we get to that, let's take a time to talk about our new sponsor, FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they are the number one sports book in America. And that is FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. You can just sign up right now at fanduel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line point, you know, just point spreads to player props, parlays, all that. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. You know, this weekend, kind of, you know, with the 49ers and the Eagles, I like the Eagles money line. I don't think the 49ers are going to go into, into the link in Philly and win. The Bengals are playing very good football. Patrick Mahomes is hurt. If I had to go right now, I would take the Bengals' money line. That, um, that That's just me, though. Um, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, do not miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets. Win or lose at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL and Locked On. All right, I'm back here in this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Don't follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO Hunter Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. All right, so let's jump into it. So Penguins Panthers on Tuesday, PPG Paints Arena. I will be there. Let me know if you are going. My girlfriend and I will be there. So, you know, if you want to go, um, and you want to say hello to us, you know, just send me a DM, you know, send me a tweet. Whatever, if you're on social media, you know, I'll definitely have to. I mean, I won't talk about the team as and such, but, you know, this is a big game standings-wise. Uh, right now, the Penguins have a lead over the Panthers. The Panthers are three points back. The Penguins also have two games in hand. So if they're able to win this game in regulation, they will be five points up on one of the teams that is currently chasing them for that final wild card spot. They also are only two points behind the Washington Capitals for the first wild card spot. And they also have three, um, three games in hand on the Capitals. That's going to be massive because they will play the Capitals this Thursday, 7 o'clock start time in Washington, D.C. Two really big playoff 
um, implicated matchups for the Penguins this week before they will play the San Jose Sharks on Saturday, a team that is very bad this year. But in terms of the Panthers, this is a team that has been struggling again as of late. Paul Maurice is just not being able to get a lot of those screwed. But still, this is a lineup that is very dangerous. Anton Lundell on the top line, Sasha Barkov, Sam Reinhardt. We all know how good Barkov is. I think he's one of the best two-way centers in hockey. Can do it all offensively. Can give it right back defensively. He is awesome. Reinhardt, great goal scorer. Very um, well-deserved of being on that top line. On their second line, Matthew Kachuk, Sam Bennett, and Carter Verhage. Verhage had a great season last year. Sam Bennett has really come into his own since coming over from Calgary. Kachuk, he's all obviously great. He's going to be the one, the main one to look out for. I don't know why he's not on the top line, but you know they're, they're believers in spreading the wealth. So I think it's it's probably um, okay overall. But you know Kachuk, you know just like his brother Brady, probably a little to a more extent. You know he's going to try to be, you know. Just an ass on the ice, you know, part of my language that I don't, you know, I don't really know, say all that kind of stuff on my podcast, but you know, that's probably what he's probably going to do. He's just going to be difficult to play against, you know, a bully. Um, that's just who he is, and you know, he's very gifted with the puck. I think he's one of the top 15 players in our game today. Um, the Penguins are going to have to be on very high alert, um, when he is out there. Uh, third line, E2, Alusa Ryan, and Nick Cousins. Um, with Denisenko, Ryan Lomberg, Chris Tierney, Giovanni Smith. Uh, defensively, Gustav Forsling with Aaron Ekblad. I think that's one of the more underrated top pairings in the, in the league. Ekblad, he will be available for this one. I don't really think he played in the last matchup. I believe he was hurt, but he is back for this one. Mark Stahl, Brandon Montour, Josh Marhura, and then Radko Gudas uh, to round up things defensively. And then um, goalies-wise right now, uh, Spencer Knight and Sergei Bobrovsky are both out. At least as of this recording, Anthony Duclair, Patrick Hornquist, and Mark Stahl, um, they are still um, – well, it says Mark Stahl is on IR, but it, it, according to Daily Faceoff, he's not on IR, so I, I don't really know. But right now it looks like Knight and Bobrovsky are out, so that means if they are both out for this game as of this recording, Alex Lyon will be in line to start this one, which, you know, you know he's a former – I believe he's a former Philadelphia Flyers goaltender from a few years ago. Um, but if one or both of Bobrovsky or Knight – are able to go, I would expect one of them to start. I would I would start Spencer Knight if he is able to go. But if he's not or Nebrowski not able to go, it'll probably be Alex Lyons. So the Penguins will have the goaltending um matchup in this one because I would expect Tristan Jari to start here. Um the Panthers they play a little bit of a different style under Paul Maurice. It's not that running gun show that you saw um under uh what's his name? Uh Andrew Brunette, excuse me, last year where they were averaging four goals a game. No, Paul Maurice does not do that. You know, he is a very um, defensive-minded coach, I will say, and he will make sure um, that this team is playing, you know, a lot of 2-1, 3-2 games and that kind of stuff, you know. Missing the playoffs for the Panthers this year, I do not think is an option. They have all that talent. They just made that massive trade for Kachuk, and they sent out both Mackenzie Weger and Jonathan Huberdeau. Um, you know, they, they were expected to take a big step this year, and, and they have not done that. But Penguins to win this game, you got to shut down Kachuk, and they just got to do what they did in the last matchup, you know, take advantage of having the edge in goaltending. I think that's really big for the Penguins and also just making sure you shut down their, their top two lines because that's where most of their offense comes from. Their bottom six, like the Penguins, it's not good. So if you can shut down Kachuk and shut down that second line and make sure Sasha Barkov does not hurt you that much, then the Penguins should be you know more than capable of coming out of this one with a victory. Again, I will be there at the arena for this one. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, it's a big game. If the Penguins can get two points here, They'll be five points up on the Panthers. 
Um, they, there's a potential that they could be five points up on the Islanders. Um, the game is tonight, um, at least for Monday. Um, it's actually funny. The Panthers, and I will say this, Panthers are playing the Rangers tonight. They're going to Pittsburgh for this one. The Penguins, they will have the edge here. They are going to be facing a very tired Panthers team. If both Spencer Knight and Sergei Rodovsky are not able to dress in this one, um, you know, and then there's a potential that you know the, Pan- the Penguins could be seeing um, the Panthers for string goalie um, uh, for, for this one. Um, and just making sure I have everything on Twitter rights here. So they, the Panthers, as just right now, actually, funny, I checked Twitter and I see this right away. Um, perfect timing for the recording. They recalled Spencer Knight and they've loaned um, one of their AHL goaltenders, Mac Guzda, back to AHL Charlotte. So it sounds like Alex Lyon is going to start tonight in New York City. Sergey Brodsky will not be available for the game. And the expectation, if he is okay, um, will be that Spencer Knight will start um, on Tuesday. So that is that is a big development. Um, so just kind of, you know, if you listen to that before, just get get, get that out of your ears. Um, I still think the Penguins have the better matchup in net with Tristan Jari with how he's been playing. But still, having Spencer Knight for that game will be big for the Panthers. But again, the Penguins will have the edge overall because the Panthers are playing tonight. Um, you cannot let a team come in there after playing the night before and just feedback. You know, that, that has to be a win for the Penguins. So keep things simple. You know, play the same defensively the way you did against the Devils um, on Sunday. Lemoning the Kachuk line, that's huge. Getting the power play back. If they, we'll have to see if Crystal Tang is going to be available. Um, the team, I think, is expecting to practice on Monday, so we'll have to see who is practicing versus who is not. And, you know, maybe there's a chance that Josh Archibald plays as well. So, again, thank you all so much for listening to this one. I think that does it for here. I will have a full game recap episode for the game on Tuesday, and then we will do Wednesday episode where we will preview the game against the Capitals and all that stuff for the rest of the week. So, again, really appreciate you all listening. Thank you all so much. I will talk with you all on Tuesday.